Tammy. And it's Amanda. And we're Basically Basic. Okay, first of all, guys, we just want to say thank you so much to everyone who has given to us on Patreon. We feel like completely blown away. So blown away. And thank just y'all. so honored that you guys would believe in this podcast. I know we say it every time, like we're going to sound like we're repeating ourselves. It's like we sound like Taylor Swift. Yeah. We're like, oh my gosh, my fans, I can't believe it, but. Seriously, though. Honestly, that's how we feel. We just feel so thankful because, like we always say, we're just hanging out, talking to our friend, talking about Jesus, all the basic things that we love, and we get the sweetest messages. So thank you. Like, we literally read every single one. None of them go unnoticed. Totally. So thank you if you've given $5, if you've given 10 if you've given 1000 Just kidding. No one's given 1000 <laughs> Prophesy, Amanda. <laughs> prophesy. Um, but thank you so much. So for those of you who don't know, just to remind you, we are on patreon.com slash basicallybasicpodcast, and that just helps financially support us for the dreams that we have for Basically Basic, and we have a lot of them. Um, and then we're just going to say it that one day this could be our full-time jobs. Absolutely. I believe in this year. Yeah. I feel like by this time next year for sure. That's right. In Jesus' name, this in will be Jesus our full-time jobs. <laughs> and if you join Patreon as a patron, there are benefits to that. And so... Yeah, that's exciting because you just never know what you're going to get. Yes. It's like bonus, basically basic. So for those that have given, um, if you have given or signed up to be a Patreon in the month of January, you do get entered to win a $100 gift card to Ooh-hoo. Royal and Reese. And that's super exciting. So that's a big incentive. Yeah, there's a big chance that you could win. So that's awesome. And if you haven't listened to last week's episode, episode one of season two, it's with Kate Lawson, which is the co-founder of Royal and Reese. And Shout out. So cute. Such a good episode. She has so much yeah. wisdom. Oh, I'm so excited for this season. Um, guys, another opportunity, if you are local, if you live in DFW, or if you like to drive, go for it. We are going to be at the Therefore Teen Gathering on February 15th and 16th in, I guess it's technically Arlington, Texas. Yeah, I think the address is like Fort Worth, but it's really in between Fort Worth yeah, and Dallas. It's, it's like in the middle. It's in, perfectly in the middle. So if you're a Dallasite like me or a Fort Worth girl like Amanda, come meet us in the middle at the Therefore Teen Gathering, especially if you're a teenage girl or if you have a little sister or you're a youth pastor or you mentor somebody, you do not want to miss this conference, you guys. It is incredible. I got to lead worship at it a couple of years ago. And I was just blown away. Like, the fact that this is happening in our backyard and it's a move of God. Like, thousand plus girls from all over, all different walks of life with incredible speakers. Honestly, I'm going to fangirl. Like, I cannot wait. We get to meet Rebecca Lyons, Jamie Ivey. Y'all, if we could just do like a joint happy hour, basically basic podcast. Oh, wow. Cammy, claim it. I'm believing for that. So, yeah, if you actually, if you don't listen to the happy hour podcast with Jamie Ivey, go check it out. It's so good. It's some of our inspo, I would say. So, yeah, guys, we are just so pumped for this season. All the good things to come. Um, Also, our last little. I feel like we're like announcements at a church right now. Last I know. announcement. We're gonna make these quick. I promise. I know. Sorry. Last announcement is we are looking for an intern. Woo! So more to come on that. If that if you heard that and your heart just like started beating and you felt the Holy Spirit like bursting <laughs> you through your chest. Over, if you pulled over in your car right now and were like, Me! if you peed your pants and you were like, that's my chance, <laughs> then this is for you. Um, yeah, so be looking at our Instagram for more to come on that. But today's episode, I'm super pumped for with our dear friend, Hannah Easley. Fun fact, if you are a listener because you heard us from Kaylee Dickerson, my bestie, um, Hannah is her sister-in-law. Yeah. And I've known Hannah for a, a while. Amanda got to meet her on our trip to Nashville. She's the best. She's so the best. Sweet. She's just a deep well of wisdom. Yeah, she really is. Um, And she's an author, blogger, mommy, 
friend, all of the good things. Hannah Montana lookalike, which you will hear all <laughs> oh, yes. about. So as you guys will hear this, but towards the end of the episode, middle, I don't know, it's somewhere very in there. Beginning, actually. It, oh, it is very yeah, beginning. Yeah, we talked about it for a while. Oh, well, never real. mind. Don't you'll even hear worry about it. Yeah, you'll stay hear, tuned. You'll know what I'm talking about. I'm just mm, five It's minutes. just exciting. So we <laughs> love you guys. And yeah, here's episode two of season two. We have another special guest today, guys. Hannah, do you want to say hello? Hi, everybody. <laughs> Yay, we love Hannah. We're so, this is Hannah Seymour, and she, right? I said yes. That. Okay, cool. I just made sure. I was like, okay, you want, you guys want to know why I second guess this? It's because when I like first, I met you a couple times, but yeah. when we first um, came into the room today to record, I was like watching her talk, and I was like, you are Hannah Montana. Like you look <laughs> Guys, just... she really I never I've known Hannah for a long time and I've never thought of this. And then you said it and I was like, oh my gosh. Like she literally is Hannah Montana. <laughs> so that's why I was like second guessing your actual last name. I was like, wait, I'll Hannah Montana. Wait, is it Montana or is it Seymour? Is it Hannah Seymour or Hannah Montana? Yeah. Everyone, basically basic's gonna like skyrocket in the ratings because we have Hannah Montana. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and you were tell we said this earlier and you were telling us a story and I was obsessed with it. So please share with our listeners. Yeah, so Miley Cyrus is by far my number one doppelganger. And when I was in grad school, I lived in South Carolina at the time. And it was at the height of Hannah Montana. So if you walked into Walmart, there was like a giant Hannah Montana display and her merch is everywhere. And I would have little girls come up to me in Walmart and be like, oh my gosh, Hannah Montana, I love you. Can I have your <laughs> autograph? their whole life. Yeah. yeah. And I would be like, oh my gosh, precious. Like, you know, I'd get down on their level, look at them in the eyes and say, honey, I am, I know I look like her, but I am not Hannah Montana. <laughs> And they look at me and go, okay, well, what's your name? And I would say, well, it is <laughs> Hannah. <laughs> and then they just immediately don't believe me because like if you, yeah, if you know the premise of Hannah Montana, she's a rock star that like pretends like she's not a celebrity to have a normal life or whatever. So I'm like just feeding into that storyline. So They're like, no, you you know, like you can tell me wink, wink. Like, I'm like, no, I'm really not. And, and sometimes I would just end up giving them an autograph because I couldn't convince them otherwise. I mean, I'm like... it's kind of like, why not? Like, you're just kind of making their day, (laughs) you know? I love your honesty. Just lying to eight-year-olds all over. the thing is, you're really kind because if I were you, I totally would have just been like, yes, I am Hannah Montana. (laughs) Me, that is me. Let me sign this little piece of Walmart receipt for you. That's so funny. That's so good. Which, all of our guests are beautiful, but Hannah is like (laughs) movie star pretty. You really are. She's like glamorous, beautiful. I need to be around y'all every day. You're rocking the beanie. You're rocking like the sleek all black you're rocking like the long way yeah, she's got it going on yeah, we're like feeling it and we're so feeling it okay so hannah montana can you please tell us <laughs> so we promise not to call you that I know, you can so i don't care people are gonna be like googling her and they're like what was her name all i remember is hannah montana yeah. um okay can you tell us about yourself yes I why do we have to. you here why do you matter like, i don't know to be honest um so my name is hannah seymour and let's see, what do you need to know about me? Right now, I feel like I play a ton of roles. I'm a wife and a mom. I'm an author. My first book came out this year called The College mm-hmm. Girls Survival Guide. Yay. Um, I write and I speak primarily to like high school, college, and a little bit older women, um, really just about how to be the woman God designed them to be, no matter their circumstance. And so I do that, but I also have a day job and I produce a podcast for my father and which we didn't know um, until today. And now I'm like, I feel bad because we're like, cool. Let's bring up like this I'm podcast. Yeah. So we can I'm ask like, you all the questions about how to make our podcast. Y'all better. are so funny. Um, no, I mean, but anyway, so yeah, I feel like I'm just 
I'm juggling a lot of things all the time. You're wearing Live all in the Nashville, hats. wearing all the hats. Yeah, so we're currently in Nashville right now. Um, and I know Hannah, this is Cammie speaking. You probably know my voice by now, <laughs> let's be honest here. I know Hannah because Hannah is the sister in law of my best friend Kaylee yeah. Dickerson, who you've already heard on this podcast. Yeah. And she is like the sweetest addition to their family. So Kaylee is the youngest of six and she has five older brothers. And her oldest brother, the closest to her age, is mm-hmm. Tyler who went to Belmont with us as well, and I adore Tyler. He's the... And the funny thing was, before he met you, we were always like, who is going to be the amazing woman that marries Tyler? Because he is such a catch. Like He's he is, the best. He's the best. He's the kindest. Like He's one of those people you meet, and you're just like, you radiate love. Mm-hmm. Like, his That's smile. So he really sweet. is. He's just... I love that. And was such a good big brother to Kaylee, and honestly, a big brother to, like, our whole friend group in yeah. college. Because he was, you know, how, how old, much older is he than Kaylee? Five years. Okay, mm-hmm. so yeah, he was already, like, working, had, like, a nice apartment, and we're all, like, living the dorm life, and he <laughs> let us come over and, like, cook us dinner, or let us watch, like, something with cable, which was, like, super exciting, <laughs> you know, but just such an awesome guy. And then, I think Kaylee set you guys up, right? Kind of, yeah. She met me in my office. She was a student, and I was um, staff at Belmont. And like two minutes in, I mean, we kind of knew who each other were because we both volunteered in a church youth program. So like, she had known me for more than two seconds, kind of. Um, But after two minutes, was like, you need to date my brother. And I'm like, okay, you know, no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But you got. All All the time, all the time. And I mean, not trying to be, just, you know, whatever. And she went home to Tyler, like, that day or the next day. I think she was cutting his hair. And she was like, I met the girl you need to date. Her name's Hannah Easley. And he's like, okay. So my dad is a preacher in town. So Kaylee and Tyler actually had gone to his church for a while. So they knew who my dad was. But Tyler was like, I'm not going to ask out some girl I've never met before. Like Whose dad is my pastor. Yeah, like, (laughs) that's not happening. And true Kaylee. Well, I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. And, of course, in true Kaylee fashion, she was right. Yeah. And she had also gone to coffee with a friend and told her, I just met Tyler's wife. So, like, you know, somehow Kaylee. Yeah. But, yeah. It's a long story that God orchestrated. But Kaylee did start it. I love that. Okay. So, Hannah... Seymour, not Montana. <laughs> what are you drinking from Starbucks today? Because right now you're a basically basic girl with us. So what are you having on this like rainy day? Yes, I am having a cinnamon almond milk macchiato. Which, okay, when, <laughs> when you told Cammie what you wanted, I was like trying to find all the Starbucks, which I like, I didn't go to school in Nashville. So every time I've come here, it's been like with Cammie. And so I'm still trying to like learning where everything is. And so I made... Three Starbucks stops to find believe. the golden one. So these are just really good. I, I feel like. so bad because I did live here and I sent you on a wild goose chase. The first one was at a Target that was being remodeled. So I was like, great, not nope. this one. The second one was in Lipscomb University and I had to have a pass to get in. So like, no, not this one. Nope. And then the third one was just like, is third time's a charm. Also, the third one she went to, I told her, <laughs> I have the fondest memory at this Starbucks in Nashville. We were, I think in college, my husband and I, we were dating at the time. And this is the Starbucks, like, by Green Hills Mall. It's, like, kind of bougie. I, like, love the Starbucks. And it was, like, a random, like, rainy day, actually. And we just walk in. I think we're probably in, like, sweatpants, just minding our own business. Open the door to let people out. And who walks past us but Nicole Kidman and Keith Urban. Mm. And I'm pretty sure we both, like, were frozen. Like, I I don't get starstruck very often, but, like, Nicole Kidman is, like, a stunning Stunning. presence. Like, she and Keith Urban walk out together and you're, like, 
Oh my god! Oh my god! Like, Adam, did I hold the door good for you? Like, oh my god, good for you. Will you sign my Starbucks cup? He smiled at me, you guys. We had a moment. Also, so did John Mayer. Remember? Oh, John Mayer and I had a moment. Oh wow! No, no, like it was like an eye contact, like. But it was like a kind of a sexual moment. Honestly, (laughs) it was an experience for me. I will say. I know. I heard the story 800 times and it doesn't get old to me. I don't care about okay, it. Let me just share it. I need to hear it. I, I need yeah. to know. Okay. So in college, oh, I love this moment. This is a great moment for me. Okay. In college, uh, going to Belmont, you know, we would host like award shows at Belmont. And so my freshman or so- I think it was my sophomore year, um, we had the CMT awards at Belmont. Uh-huh. And if you were a music student, you got to be like a seat filler. And so, of course, like, if you were a seatbelt, you had to wear, like, certain things. So, I go out, and I'm like, this is my time to shine. Like, typical <laughs> music student at Belmont, I think this is how I'm going to get discovered. Yeah. But I'm like, clearly, as a seat filler at the CMT Awards, someone's going like, to see me and be like, she should be famous. Hundreds. She needs a record deal. <laughs> totally makes no sense. But in my mind, this was it. So, go to the mall, get a whole new outfit, do my makeup. I'm, like, ready to go. We get to the CMT Awards, and they grabbed a group of us, clearly me because I was dressed awesome, I looked great. Because <laughs> my outfit was, was chosen. On and Steven was with me too, which later on I was like, bro, you're killing my vibe. <laughs> I was like, hold on. <laughs> I need you We're not dating right now. I need you to realize. So <laughs> we, we get in, they take a special group of us into like the rehearsal, because I guess they wanted to see what it was going to look like for the cameras with a group there. And we don't know who we're going to see, we just know we're supposed to stand like in this little group around the center stage. And who comes out but Keith Urban and John Mayer doing a duet together. Mm-mm. And I'm like, this is my dr- literal dream come true. Because I love John Mayer. I think he's so cute. And also, who so talented. Yeah. So, what a ladies I was like, where my body was like <laughs> touching the stage. And of course, I'm like looking up at him with like these doe eyes. Like, I'm like, you, I'm in love with you. Like, what is happening? And I'm telling you, I swear on my life. There was like a whole guitar solo where we were looking each other in the <coughs> eye, and I, and Steven even, we were, I was like in the zone, like I don't even yeah. know. I think I blacked out. I was like, this is at that unreal. point, Steven was not a human. Steven was no one else yeah. was in the room. It was just me and Tom Mayer, like for sure. And we walk out, and I was like, I look at Steven, and I was like, okay, I know this is awkward because you're my boyfriend, but I just need, I need to acknowledge, like, was that just me or did that happen? Like, did you notice John Mayer, like? locking eyes with me and he was like I'm gonna be honest I did notice that that did happen and I was like oh my god <sighs> guys so anyways okay so circling back around wow. from John Mayer to the best Starbucks back to what you ordered yes when you uh texted Kami that order Kami literally said she was like I love that she ordered this because it's the most basic so I was basic like, this is the perfect like moment for our podcast it's basic <laughs> and it's new like I've never I kind of want to try it yeah really. it is new oh, well, I drained it so otherwise oh, like it's all gone <laughs> it's gone so sorry sorry about that um I got a just a grande americano I love it with some actually did okay you, did you do gingerbread yeah I did two cups of gingerbread okay um but then also there was I don't I didn't order this and I don't know how this happened but there was whipped cream on it and I'm like obsessed <laughs> with it oh I love like, it like I love it it says with whip and I'm like great oh absolutely it's kind of like a little like I don't know. A little, a little fluff. A little um, extra cream. So, you guys, I'm just still on my, like, peppermint kick, and I really can't get off of it, so <laughs> I'm just having another peppermint mocha today. Oh, but only two pumps of peppermint uh-huh. and almond milk, because I can't mm. do regular milk. It mm-hmm. just tastes gross. Do you drink uh-huh. regular milk ever? No. Wow. I hate it. You just don't it like, like it. No, I hate it. It tastes like a cow. <laughs> I do, it's like... It's too milky. It is know? weird if you Interesting. think what milk is. It's really gross. I know. The almond milk just is, like... I don't know. I just like it's like lighter to me. I like mm-hmm. the idea of squeezing almonds more than squeezing vanilla or cacao. <laughs> I, no, but that's Personally. why. That honestly 
is why I'm doing it. Like, almond, cow teat. <laughs> Which one do you prefer? Y'all a cow teat or an almond? You decide for yourself, guys. Okay. okay. Back to Hannah. Speaking like, of Montana, can you please tell us, you just wrote a book. Yes. And it's, well, how long ago was that? Oh, gosh. But it came out. It came out in April of 2018, this okay. year. That's so exciting. Yes. Okay, so tell, I kind of want to know this process for you as a writer. Like, did you always want to write a book? Was this kind of a random thing? Like, how did this book come to be? So it's really funny that you asked that because... I, so both of my parents are published authors, they're Bible teachers, they're speakers. So I grew up kind of with this idea of like, that is not a weird thing to aspire to. Like, if my parents can do it, why can't I do it? Kind of, you know, mentality. Um, But I, it's really funny. My, My parents moved houses a little over a year ago and my mom is basically the opposite of a hoarder. Like she keeps almost nothing throws almost everything away. And so most moms, you know, keep everything from your childhood. But my mom keeps like a shoe box on each of her children. And in this move, she decides, I don't want to move this box. So it's yours now. So I was... so you're an adult. You take your shoe Yeah. Yeah. So literally a year ago, I'm going through this. It's a little bigger than a shoe box, but not by much. Um, I'm going through the few things that she kept over, you know, the zero to 12th grade years of my life. And over and over and over, I was finding all these stories that I had written. And also, like, I'd totally forgotten about this, but I would, like, win all these little, like, young author awards and, like, like literally elementary through high school. And um, it was so funny because I felt like the Lord was like, see, like, this has always been planted in you. You've always loved writing. You've always loved words. Um, you've always loved communicating in this format. But I didn't go to... I was destined, which, Kimmy, you probably don't even know this about me. I was destined to come to Nashville and be a Christian pop singer. Like, that is what I wanted to do with my life yes. since the age of, like, four. And Wait, so, do you sing, too? Well, I do, but since I live in Nashville, I don't. I was actually going to say that. I was like, if she says no, it's only because you live in Nashville. 100%. Because some people move here and, like, have the gift of singing. And anywhere else, they would totally be, like, oh, a worship leader at their church. Yes. Like, Singing, but in Nashville, it's like Everyone if you say it. you're a singer and you're mm-hmm. not like assigned professionally professional doing it, artist, yeah, then like you're not a singer. No, yeah. I teased Tyler, my my husband Tyler, because Amanda also has a husband yeah, named Tyler. Really, wasn't um, he a musical theater major? Yeah, and I'm I always tease him. I'm like, if we ever live anywhere in America, we will be like the star worship leaders at oh, our church, 100. but like we'll never, you will never see us on stage in Nashville. I I sing maybe twice a year now at a friend's wedding. Like, that's literally all I do anymore. I mean, yeah, most people don't. But anyway, so because of that, I mean, I went to college for music. It was like all this writing stuff that I loved was really buried down because I was pursuing something totally different. Also giftings from the Lord. Um, But anyway, so so all that to say, it was in me, but I never, it wasn't a dream I had my whole life. Like, my dream was to be a Christian pop star. Wow. Um, But... Fast forward, I have been working with college students for over 10 years. My master's was in, it's called higher education and student affairs. But basically, like what I studied was um, the development of the 18 to 22 year old, how to help them, how to walk with them, how to help them figure out who they are, what they want to do with their life, what they believe, like all that kind of stuff. No intention of writing a book about it. No, not really. I I mean, yeah, Yeah. never really the thought. I, I just, I had an incredible college experience. I had faculty and staff that poured into me and loved me, none who were believers. And so the like light bulb moment for me at the very end of college was 
I can go do this. I can do what these faculty staff have done for me. But I get to be the believer that can encourage and challenge and mentor students who are believers and that can also be a light to those that don't know the Lord yet. Mm. So so like that was what drove me to do that. And so the reason I wrote this book is I'd worked with college students for many years. Um, I had been volunteering in high school ministry and I was graduating my high school girls into college and I wanted to give them a book as part of their graduation gift that was grounded in like biblical values, but super practical and where, you know, just meeting them where they are. And there's, I mean, there are a lot of books out there for the high school to college transition and that are Christian. Um, but none of them like fit the niche that I was really looking for. Either they were like more devotionals or, um, super, super Christian, like kind of like titled, like how to stay a Christian in college. Um, and I wanted something, there's a really popular book called The Naked Roommate. And like, I wanted something like The Naked Roommate, but that had biblical advice sewn and into like it. And you knew your girls, so you knew your audience. Right. So like, what would they actually like read and also what would speak to their heart? Exactly. And so I kind like that moment for me was like, maybe I can write this book. Like I've lived it. I've worked it. Like this is my career. I think I can do this. And so to kind of tip my, dip my toe in the water, I started a blog because I thought, okay, maybe like I had heard someone say once, like a lot of book ideas are just a good blog, like, like one blog post. Like you think you can write a book on something and it's really like, no, just like a thousand words. Well, that book was 10 pages. Yeah. Yeah. So what was your blog called? Yeah. It was called Dear Hannah. Okay. And it evolved because I had a brand new crop of freshman girls spread all over the country at different colleges and they were emailing me everything from like oh my gosh my roommate and I haven't spoken like literally haven't said anything to each other in five days what do I do wow to um you know Hannah you know I came as a nursing major I'm already like really struggling in like biology or like chemistry whatever they're in I don't know if this is what I would do with my life whatever and so I was spending about three hours a week responding to their emails and when they came home for Christmas I pitched them idea the idea like okay what if when y'all email me I make your question you know more simple more kind of anonymous no one will know it's you I write out the answer just like I would in an email and then I post it online in like a Q&A format Mm -hmm. to help other and then all well it wasn't even to help others it was just to help like that 12 um, because they I thought, yeah. yeah, and I thought like, you, you know, it's like Cammy may be going through X and it actually might be really similar to what Amanda's going mm-hmm. through or like Amanda's friend, that wh- whatever. I just yeah. thought, I think it'll help you all see you're not alone. Everything you're experiencing is normal, which is like things that I say a thousand times in my book. Um, and so they were all, they're like, yeah, do it, Hannah. This is exciting. And I started it, I think in January, I mean like a month later, um, started blogging every week, every Tuesday, I answered a question, you know, Q&A response, dear Hannah, I'm blah, 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 college. Um, And I would say, I mean, it happened fast. Within eight weeks or less, I started getting emails from girls I had never heard of at colleges I had never, like I didn't know existed. that's so cool. And And that's also like a really, like now that I'm thinking about it, that's like a really cool, just like niche, niche. You're a writer. Which one is it? I think it's either. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, 
we have a word professional in the house. So <laughs> if I mispronounce something, she will correct me. No, I read my audiobook, and there are several times where the producer would stop me and go, I think you're saying that word wrong. And I would argue with him. And we you would, like, look it up. Well, and so it would be like that. It's like, you can actually say it. You can say either it way. way. So you can say it either yeah, way. Great. So. I'm glad to have clarification on this. Okay. Learning so, something new every day. Something new every day. So that really is such a cool, like, niche to have, like, in college because you don't, I mean, there's, like, sororities and there's, like, fraternities and, like, you can be part of this organization or that one, but, like, to have a place online where girls could just go and, like, see, oh, I'm not alone in this, like, it's normal for me to, like, really dislike my roommate at this time, like, I'm not crazy, or it's normal for me to change my major, just, like, all those things, like, that's so cool because I would never thought about um, like being in college, like going, finding that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like totally. that resource. Well, and I think some women in college have like a big sister or they have, um, a faculty or staff that mentors them. Like some women have that one-on-one personal connection, but most really don't. Right. And so that's, I think was a surprising thing to me was like, I mean, I've heard from women, these are women that obviously I know, but they'll be like, you mentored me from afar like you had no idea but I read your blog every day for four years Mm -hmm. that is so cool and it's amazing I mean that's where like I kind of curse technology and social media and all that stuff probably more often than I think it's a gift but like that is a gift I mean well and like not all girls have the experience like Cammie had because like as I'm listening to you talk I would have been I totally would have been a reader because I was someone who like didn't really make my friends in college I Mm -hmm. made them like when I like left college and did more of like wedding industry type stuff but yep. there was those like few years where I like would just drive go to school like drive back to my dorm or whatever like go work and come back and I really didn't have like a community mm-hmm. but I had all those questions and so to be able to like go to like I would have totally been like your number one fan <laughs> like, back on it, I really would have I mean, but that. I think so like I think some people do college and like I'm sure 80 percent of people probably do college have the community like do the whole college experience but I think there's like a lot that don't mm-hmm. and they really don't have a place to, like, find those answers. Well, and I yeah. think that's... people think that everyone has it together. Like, I think yeah. that's a big... 100%. Thing, especially in the social media age, is, like, I know from doing youth ministry, like, kind of a similar thing. I'll have girls that I knew in high school and they go to college and they look at their friends. And, of course, especially freshmen in college, they're going to post, like, all their new friends. They're, like, mm-hmm. their cute dorm. They're not going to post that they're struggling. They're not going to post that no. they're freaking out about their major. Or right. That their high school boyfriend just cheated on them with a girl he met at his school. Like, yeah. And... It, I would have all these girls, same thing, like, reaching out, texting me, and they're like, all my friends love their school, like, yep. all my friends are thriving, and I'm struggling, not knowing that I just got a text from the friends they're talking about yesterday. <laughs> That's right. They were struggling. And so to have a safe place online where they can go and be vulnerable, mm-hmm. and then to kind of look around and read other posts and be like, oh, wait, like, I'm not the only it's one. It's not just me, yes. you know? Yes, That's totally, so totally. Okay, yeah, so the blog, after blogging for four years, answering all these women's questions, was the moment where I went, okay, I think I have a book now. Like, I think this isn't just a blog. Uh It's not just a blog anymore. So that's really how, that's really where the book came from. That's so cool. So then you had all the pieces, but for people, I mean, I know for me, I've always had the desire and dream to write a book someday, and I'm sure that we have listeners that I've thought the same thing. Like, okay, I feel like there's this book inside of me or maybe this dream from the Lord. What in the world does that process look like? Because I have, like, <laughs> not a clue. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure most people don't. But it's like you have this book. Okay, then what? Yeah. So, I mean, there are several different ways to attack it and different authors will say different things. I kind of became a follower of a guy named Michael Hyatt. I don't know if you have heard of him. Nope. He is um, kind of like a leadership coach. I'm like poorly selling him. But anyway, he used to be the president of Thomas Nelson. 
major, major publishing company. And now he, like, speaks and writes and provides all these resources for leaders, authors, etc. And he kind of has a format of, like, this is how you write a book proposal, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. And then once you do that, this is how you find an agent. Here are a list of agents that will work with Christian authors. Here, like, and he kind of maps it out for you. So I really just followed his lead. So I knew I had, you know, blogged every single week for four years on a college girl question Um, and I didn't, I mean, it's so funny because I kind of, like you said, like the content was written and looking back, I mean, when I signed my jumping ahead a little bit, when I signed the, what is the word I'm looking for? The the book contract, Mm -hmm. I thought that my book was probably 70% written. And once I got into it, I realized like, oh, I've probably written 30% of what I really want in this book. And, um, whether it was you know, rewrites. Cause that's the other thing. Like you think about, I started that blog four years earlier and really probably by the time I wrote that book, it was six years later. I was different. Mm-hmm. I was more mature. My writing writer. was, my, voice my, my voice was different. Um, my advice was the same, but a little, like I would like tweak it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so anyway, um, but so I sat down and put together this book proposal and a book proposal is like a 20 page document that's kind of like, what is the book? Who's going to buy it? Why are they going to buy it? What are they going to get out of it? Mm -hmm. And then an outline. And so my thought was, I'm going to write three foundational chapters that are, okay, when you get this book, I want you to read chapters one through three. It is not long. I need to, it's probably like maybe 15 pages, right? Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to include the top 52 concerns of college women today and you can flip to your problem. This is not a, I have to read from cover to cover. This is, I hate my roommate. I want to kill her and I don't know where to bury her body. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to flip to that question and I'm going to find, you know, there's probably like 10 roommate scenarios in my book. So again, I counseled, you know, women one-on-one. I answered these questions for 10 years. It's like, I know pretty much any roommate conflict you have, it is it is addressed somehow in those That's 10. That's so, so cool. yeah, I love so that. find it find it read it and then you know, tackle that challenge in your life. Yeah. So I just want to do like a little plug because I'm sure like there's a lot of even like post-college girls that listen to our podcast and you might be in a situation where you're a roommate with like you share a house with like three other girls or whatever and like you're not necessarily still in college, but like I feel like roommates are roommates and you yep. can still have a lot of the same yep. like run into the same issues. So even if you're not in college and still roommates with girls, like pick up this book. I'm sure you get a lot out of it. Well, I was thinking, what a cool gift to give to like people that are grad- like graduating high school, yeah. going to college. Like, totally. It's like great talk about like idea. such a good and and our listeners don't know this yet, but we're actually we're gonna purchase a book from Hannah and we're gonna give it away. Yay! This week. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I want this book, there's gonna be a chance after this podcast for you to win it. So Yay. stay tuned for that. But yeah, I just think that's it's so cool because. You're right, like, you may never feel vulnerable enough to know who to talk to about a specific mm-hmm. issue, but if you have a book, you can just turn to that chapter and be like, okay, here we go. Like, mm-hmm. totally. let's process this. And that's where I wrote it from. It was kind of like, I want to be the big sister that you don't have. And Aww. so if you got a question, I've got an answer in this book, keep it on your bookshelf and just pull it out when you need it. Or when your friend needs it and you wonder, huh, maybe Hannah answered this question. Yep. I mean, sure enough, 52 questions, it's probably in there. Yeah. That's so cool. And you, Hannah, you do carry the gift of wisdom 100 oh, thank you like very obviously mm-hmm. and so I know that most of our listeners don't know you and so I just want to speak to you as someone who does know you 
that this is a girl that you want to hear what she has to say, honestly. <laughs> yeah, and absolutely. like, you're someone that I've gone to. I don't have a big sister. I'm the oldest. Mm-hmm. And so I've been blessed to know you. And I feel like every time I talk with you, I'm always like asking questions. Even before we started the podcast, Johanna has already a son. And I'm like, okay, what's motherhood like? Like, I don't know when that season is going to be for me, but it's coming soon. And you're somebody that I just look up to. And I feel like I think God's given you this platform because he knows that you listen to him, you seek Mm. out his wisdom, and then you have a way of speaking it in words that are not just wise, but also funny, and, like, Mm -hmm. you have a a good voice to read. Mm. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Those are my words of Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, so then you started, you know, the whole book thing, but what were some, like, high highs and low lows of that process? Mm. Because that's a big undertaking it is I think one thing is I constantly reminded myself which I think Kami we've talked about like I felt I really felt like this was something I was supposed to write I felt like God had put these things on my heart and in my mind and given me the experience again going back to like I think I'm an expert in this and not trying but like I, there are a lot of things I could never write a book about mm-hmm. but like this is in my You're wheelhouse like, I know that I'm good at this yeah and and again, it's not me, it's him. Mm-hmm. He gave me the experience, he gave me the wisdom, he gave me the even the education, like the ability to go to grad school for this stuff. And so my daily reminder was I'm just supposed to be obedient and that's it. The success is up to the Lord. Mm-hmm. If he wants this book to have an impact and have an influence and if it's supposed to sell lots of copies so that women have it in their hand and yeah. read it, that's completely his job like Mm -hmm. my job is literally just to show up get the stuff down on paper and go like I mean I had to find an agent I Mm -hmm. had like there was lots of things I had to I I hate the word hustle and that can be a whole nother side conversation (laughs) but like because I I feel like hustle conjures like it's my will and my strength and like I'm gonna fight it out um I feel like hustle was the word in my early 20s and now it's like the word I'm like Eh. Yeah, and <laughs> and I embraced it early on. I yes. think that's why. I think now I like have a negative. Yes. But but I think because I felt like hustle was like what was in me and mm-hmm. realizing like nope, it's not about me ever mm-hmm. and it's not like literally God gives me stuff and I'm just supposed to show up. Yeah, I'm the steward. And and obey. Yeah. And um but anyway, so so that said, I think that really kept me grounded in a lot of those highs and lows, but um I so I had worked in at, several college campuses for 10 years. My last job was at Belmont um, here in Nashville for six years. And I left my job at Belmont because I knew that if I wanted to write this book and really make it happen, um, I did not have the space in my schedule to do it. And I needed to leave the safety of that job for the, the no promise, just the, I think I'm supposed to be obedient and do this and try to write this book. I mean, I remember telling Tyler at the beginning of the academic year, like, no matter what, I'm I'm quitting at the end of this year. Like, wow. even if I don't have another job lined up, even if, like, maybe I need to be a Starbucks barista for a season. Shut like, <laughs> That's right. Like, there are worse jobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the thought was, like, maybe I need to take a job. It isn't all-consuming because I loved my job at Belmont, and I worked my tushy off in that job well thank you and actually side note okay so which i feel like our podcast is full of side notes but things (laughs) just like hit us at the moment um okay it's all coming back to me when i first met you we came into your office and i don't know if you remember this but it just hit me i remember asking you like hannah i'm older now but can i go back to college and (laughs) I was, like, asking you. You were about, thinking about coming to Belmont. I was about, do you remember this? Yes. I just. And I was probably like, do not come yeah. back to college. <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, because, okay, so I don't know if my listeners know, like, I'm not going to dive into my whole story, but I dropped out my junior year of college to, like, do my business full time. And I've always had these moments of, like, 
maybe I'll go Should back. Have like, and then we were, what happened was we were walking around the campus at Belmont, and I was just like getting college feel. Oh, it's so sure. beautiful. And it's so beautiful. And I was like, oh, we're going to see like an advisor in here. Like this is my <laughs> moment. <laughs> Maybe she can get me in. Oh, maybe she can get me in. I can get word. And I like, anyways, when you were talking, it just hit me. I was like, I totally asked you if you thought I could go back to Oh my gosh, that's like hilarious. <laughs> so I'm like, you can. But like, but I wouldn't find an adult educator. Yeah. Advise well, like, it. Even if you asked me, I think you're like, so what are you doing now? And I told you, and you're like, but you're good. Like, you're <laughs> <laughs> don't have to have a college yeah, degree. Have to. Like, it sounds oh my like gosh. you're in business. Like, anyways, I just thought that was funny. That's so, so funny. So, basically, I didn't even know that you had a book at this, or we're going to have a book at this point. I didn't I either. Already <laughs> you for college advice. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, my blog probably didn't even exist yeah. at that time. Um, but anyway, so when I left Belmont, I, it was in May, and I literally thought I was signing with a major publishing company in Nashville that July. Like, so, so it wasn't that big of a leap of faith. Like, mm-hmm. I, I already saw God paving the path. Um, and then come mid or end of July, I got the word that they decided to not go with my book. And so that was like the first like, like sucker punch in the stomach, gut wrenching low of like, okay, Lord. Was it like, kind of like the first no? Yeah. And, um, and you had already quit your job. So yeah. Like, well, that's great. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so at that point I realized like, okay, I, I have to find an agent. This is the only way this is going to really happen for me. And um, if you've talked to any author who's gotten an agent, it's usually a pretty horrible process where you get you get a thousand no's because you just need one yes from an agent that you want to work with, but you're going to get 99 no's before you get one yes. And um, so, I mean, I queried agents from August until, gosh, January maybe. And um, you send out like four to five emails a week every week and you wait to hear no's from those four to five and then you send out four to five more and so it's literally just like rejection 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 wow. rejection that probably um, teaches you how to like not take the no personally after a while because you're like well whatever yeah part of the process yep and I mean I again I just kept coming back to like okay lord I really feel like you want me to write this book and but this is up to you like I can't get an agent like you have to get an agent for me so I'm just gonna keep trying and um I thankfully have had lots of uh, men and women in the publishing industry or just with lots of connections who were giving me great feedback. And so I was still being encouraged amidst the no's. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is what's crazy. I ran into a friend, someone who's now like a great friend of mine who was an acquaintance at the time. And I never talked about the fact that I was writing a book, but for whatever reason, when she asked me what was going on, I told her I was writing a book, which again, just didn't do that. And she's like, oh my gosh, her husband's name is Lance. You should like, you need to send Lance your book proposal because Lance literally knows every Christian in America. And so (laughs) um, like just super well-connected guy. And it's like, he's a connector. That is his passion. And so um, she's like, well, who's like your dream agent? And I started laughing and said, well, there's this uh, literary agency in Colorado called Alive and they are my dream agency. But, you know, Alive would never work with me. Like I am so... So such a small fish. I'm 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 not even a small fish. I'm like the tadpole. That, I mean, like I am the tiniest creature to them. They would never work with me. And sh- she goes, "Oh my gosh, Lance is like best friends with the CEO of Alive." Stop it. And I'm like, okay, like, but again, I'm like, I've already sent them my book proposal, and they've already passed. But like, whatever. And so I send Lance my thing, and he forwards it on to the president of alive and within like two hours I get an email from this guy his name's Brian Norman 
And two hours, two hours later, unheard of, unheard of. And he says like, Hannah, my friend Lance, your friend Lance, pass this on to me. Uh, would love to hop on the phone with you if you've got time in the next week. And that like right now. Yeah. And like that and that alone, like doesn't happen. Like agents, they just say no, like pass, don't don't have time for you. That's crazy. And, and again, I mean, remember like, this is my dream. (laughs) This is my dream guy to work with. And we get on the phone, and we talk for a little over an hour, and at the end of the conversation, he basically, I mean, it's almost like a dating relationship, but it's basically like, he says, I've, I've, almost, I've never felt this way before. It's kind of like, I mean, he didn't use those words, but but like, you know, the first thing he tells me when we get on the phone is, Hannah, I, Hannah, 100 friends a year, a, Lance, a guy like Lance, I get 100 of those emails a year. Someone who knows someone who like passes their book proposal along. 100 a year. On a good year, I call one person. <gasps> and you know, I'm like, I know, I get it. Like I've been I've gotten enough no's to understand that this is this like, is like not, this is amazing yeah. and and I'm just like, thanks Lord just for this piece of encouragement. Yeah. And then literally by the end of the thing, he's like, I mean, I'm going to show this to my team, but like I think we can sell this book and it, he was also the first agent that I talked to that I felt like he really saw me and understood my voice and my message mm. and was the first person that not, I mean, because there were a few agents that were like open to working with me, but I just was like, you don't get me. Like, you don't get me. Yeah. You don't get my audience. You don't get my voice. And I just felt like this is like magical. Yeah, and uh, so, cool. so anyway, I mean, like really quickly, all of a sudden, like I'm working with Alive and I'm working with Brian and he's like, okay, well, I'm like, there's, it's a six, it's six weeks. Once they pitch your book, they give publishing companies six weeks to say yes or pass. And then you get in a negotiation process depending on how many people say yes and blah, blah, whatever. But, I mean, it was from the time that we said, let's do this. And there's a lot of back and forth. He, like, works more on your book proposal. And he, I mean, they do a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff to, like, make sure you're presenting the best possible yeah. thing once you pitch it to publishers. Um, and then from that point, he's like, okay, six weeks from today, we'll know. And um, and then you're probably just praying every second day. Six weeks. And, you know, it was so funny because I, I think looking back, it just, again, I just felt like, okay, God, this is your part. Yeah. Like, I have done everything I can do, like, and now it's really just up to you. Up to and you. Um, the really funny part was, like, uh, my husband and I had been trying to get pregnant for, I mean, pretty much that, whole, like, for nine months, that whole time. And um, I found out that I was signing a book deal and that I was pregnant, like, within, like, two weeks of each other. Nice. And just another, like, high highs and lows, like, Oh wow! So you're telling me I'm gonna have to write a book and do all the drafts and all the copy. My my final draft of my book was due a week after my son was due. Oh. So like I mean I literally like that that we process two two babies and that was like the joke. Like I wrote my first draft sick out of my mind during my first trimester on my couch. I mean like the whole that process is a blur to me because I was just either sick or pregnant or like anyway. It's so funny, but the whole time we just kept saying God knew. Like, God knew exactly yeah. when I would get this book deal. He knew exactly when this book we would do. He knew when we'd get pregnant. And just trusting, you know, like, he's in control of this. He's in control of all this timing. And that's and so cool because I feel like in your, like, obedience and trusting to him, he just, like, doubled it. Like, literally. Yeah. Literally. Doubled you with two of your dreams. Incredible yeah, gifts. Yeah, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 
Um, now that you've shared with us about the book a little bit, and we really want to like push this because we want everyone to get it <laughs> as like fast as they can. So, what would be like a couple of bullet points that you would like want people to take away, or just like a summary of what um, the book is about to encourage readers mm-hmm. that you know are listening and can't read it? Yeah, the to- second, <laughs> totally, totally. So, the first three chapters are kind of my like foundational, you know, pieces to the book, and chapter number one. Um, I talk about how most college guys and girls have heard that college is the best four years of your life. Mm-hmm. And while that is said by really well-intentioned adults, I think it's like the worst advice we can give 18-year-olds because, I, I mean, I joke in my book like, I'm sorry, if the best four years of your life are over by 22. That's so sad. Oh that's my so gosh. True too. You're so like, depressing. depressing. Yeah. So number one, let's like believe that all of life and like all of, you know, let's hope we all get 90 years on this earth, like that they're all really great because yeah. God has a great story planned for us. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but then two, what, what's the detriment is, is 18 year olds go off to college with rainbows in their eyes. And when hardship comes and we, anyone who's been to college knows hardship comes in college. You're lonely. You can't find your friends. You hate your major. You don't, you think you're going to get married and you never have a boyfriend for four years. You know, all these things, mm-hmm. find, just finding, what am I going to do with my life? Who am I? I mean, so much pressure on those four years and they're really hard. And so if we go to college thinking it's the best four years of our lives, those setbacks are overwhelming. And mm-hmm. so that first chapter is really about trusting God in the, pro- A, knowing there's going to be challenges. I talk about like when we're at the beach and we're out, you know, floating in our thing, like waves come, right? And if we're not expecting the waves to come, they knock us down. We get pulled into the undertow. We like come up coughing and spitting out water. Um, but if we know the waves are going to come, we don't freak out about them. We just know like, oh, I've either got to duck down under this one or ride it on in and go back out. Um, that changes our beach experience. <laughs> and in the same way, if we go to college expecting the waves to come, we don't freak about them. We don't have anxiety over them. We know they're going to come and we know that they're part of the process and that God uses those waves to make us more into who he created us to be. And so whether it's your roommate is awful to you or you're going through a horrible breakup because you're long distance and it was a high school relationship or you've been a music major, hello, this is my story, until your junior year of college and you have a mental breakdown because you realize you don't want to do what you thought you wanted to do your whole life. Like, God is in the midst of all those things and he's going to use them for your good and for his glory. And so, so like, stemming from there, thinking about the top 52 concerns of college women, it's like every time coming back to, like, what does God have for you in this challenge, in this concern, in this hardship, and trusting that it's, it's for your good and it's part of the process. So, obviously, that's like, the biggest overarching theme. And then the other two foundational chapters, which we've kind of talked about already is one, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, every college woman I counseled, whether one-on-one or the road into my blog, always the lie that they believed was like, no one else has gone through this. No one else is experiencing this. Like Kimmy, you said like all my friends are so happy. No, they're all faking it until they feel it. It's literally everyone is faking it until they feel it. And so, reminding yourself like you're not alone and and if you can be the vulnerable friend that offers to your group of friends that like you're really homesick you're gonna create a community where like everyone can be real and all of a sudden you're gonna have great deep meaningful friendships they're gonna propel you through college um 
And then the last one really about like college is not a time to be selfish. I think that's another lie. That's a lie I believe. Like this is my time. I don't have church responsibilities, family responsibilities. Like this is about me finding out who I am. I feel like every movie of like the college experience <laughs> is like you do you. Like, yeah. Party every night. Like, yeah. Do what you want to do. And it's like, yeah, that doesn't serve you. No. That's yeah, not it's... like setting you up for success when it comes to like your actual adulthood life. Exactly. And so that's why I talk about like the decisions you make in college, the patterns you create either propel you into your 20s or you're going to spend your 20s recovering from them. Wow, that's so good. So it's like if you can learn to live college putting God first, others second, and yourself third. Because that, like mm-hmm. biblically, right, Jesus said two greatest commandments, love me and love your neighbor. And if, if that, like if we can believe that God's story is the best story for us to live, then we can believe that that advice gives us the ability to live the best story that yeah. God has for us. So, I mean, we, and we got to come back there. It's like, Either you believe that or you don't. And if you don't, like, would love to have that conversation. (laughs) Um, But if you can learn how to do those things in four years of college, you will be so ahead of your peers at 22, Mm -hmm. 25, 26, 35. I mean, I talk about my book, like, how many of you know an adult who is so selfish? Like, we all do. Like, I can think of, like, a 60-year-old that is consumed with themselves and, like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be like that, no, you no. know? And so, so anyway, all of it, just like, if we can trust the Lord and create that foundation in college, the way you live in college matters because it impacts the rest yeah, of your life. Yeah. Well, I feel like I've said that in different terms to the girls that I've gotten to mentor as well. Like I've had a lot of the girls look at Stephen and I's relationship and say like, I want that. Like I want a marriage mm-hmm. like that. But then I see the people they're dating and the relationships that they're in. And I'm like, well, clearly you don't because you can't, you know, walk in this direction and expect to end up the completely opposite direction. Like, <laughs> yep. you know, every decision you make, like if you're dating a guy that treats you, you know, horribly, that doesn't yep. respect you, that's cheating on you, that, mm-hmm. you know, isn't leading you towards the Lord. Like, yep. how, how is that propelling you towards having a godly husband? You yep. know, and it's the same, you're right, in college, like those patterns, you don't just graduate and wake up and now you're an adult. Changer, like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it, and I have friends, you know, now about to be 30, like, or at 30, like, I have friends my age that are still, like, living that college life, and, like, it was fun in college, but now I look at them on time, social media, the time has come. and I'm like, mm, <laughs> why are you still at the club? Yeah. I'm like, what you doing at the club, girl? Yeah. Like, I'm like yeah. is this, I mean, maybe that's the life that they want, but I, like, I would... It's probably not. Yeah, it's just what they know. What it's they the know. pattern that's they created. The it's what you know. That's mm-hmm. so true. Yeah, I think about that. And, like, I've heard it said before, you can't do the wrong thing over and over and then expect the right outcome. <laughs> yeah. It's and called it's, insanity. Yeah. Yeah, literally. Yes. And it's the same thing of like marriage or like, you know, you can't date all the wrong guys and then expect the right one. Or you can't go to the club every night and then expect to wake up with this like beautiful life that you've created. Or you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, yeah I just think it's so good because it really does like overflow past college for sure. Mm-hmm. So Hannah, now that the book is done, yeah. what has post book life looked like for you? This will be our last question, but, yeah. um, I know that you're a phenomenal speaker. So have you gotten Thanks. to share this message at colleges? Like, and then are you planning to write another book? Like what's this looking like? Yeah. Here? So it's so funny. Cause I think, so as a writer, um, the process is writing the book and then when it's out, you're kind of done with it. Like you think you're done with it. But really, there's so much marketing and press and stuff that goes into it. And that was hard for me um, because I can sell you all day, but like I don't want to sell myself mm-hmm. or my book. And it just feels kind of icky. And I had a good friend who's an author kind of pep talk me through it. But it's like, it's, you're just a writer. You're not a salesperson. And it's okay that this feels weird. weird. Um, but 
you do believe in your book and you do believe it'll help women. So like buck up, you know, um, <laughs> do it. yeah. So, um, and, and so all that to say post book has felt like way more work than writing the book wow, because it's, it's not my wheelhouse, right? Like mm-hmm. I can sit down on a computer screen and write, 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 and it feels great and it flows and not every day, but, um, anyway, so also lots of highs and lows. Um, I had some amazing press opportunities. I got to be on Fox and Friends, like flew into New York, was there for 24 hours, oh, had like so the spot of a I mean, people were like, people work 10 years to get the spot you just wow. got. Like, I mean, again, just the favor of the Lord. Yeah. Like I, I really, God just gave me some spots that um, I didn't earn or deserve in any way. Is that something that's still, like, is there a link to that, like, online? Yeah, I, so it's so funny. Yes, it is online. I have been meaning for, like, ever to put up, like, a media page on my website so that, uh-huh. like, all that stuff is there. So maybe this will kick well, me into gear to do that. Maybe
like any online re- retailer, Amazon, it's in Barnes and Nobles if you like to go to a store. It's in a lot of independent Christian stores as well, um, physical copies, but you can buy anywhere online. And then, and that's my social media stuff is all Hannah E. Seymour. Um, yeah, and all the info is there. Call me old school, but like seeing a book that I wrote at Barnes and Noble would oh. be like the coolest thing oh, of my yeah. life. Yeah. That'd be like a dream. It'd be like the Sex in the City moment where she's walking around and she puts the book. She takes yes. one down and then puts, uh-huh. the, puts hers on, the, high, on like yes. the easel. Like, that would totally be me. If I ever see yours and it's not highlighted oh. on the easel, I will do it. Please do. <laughs> and, and send me a video because that, I mean, it still does not get old. So I'm going to walk into Barnes & Noble and see my book and, like, send me a video or a photo. Like, I'm in Idaho, you know, wherever. Yeah, like so when, cool. I mean, um, yeah. That's so, so fun. fun. That's I so love cool. that. Oh, my gosh. Well, guys, we hope that you were as blessed as we were sitting down with Hannah Seymour. She's the best. And if you have a friend that you know is going to college or in college and struggling, send them this podcast mm-hmm. because we really hope that this just blesses them to hear that they're not alone. And you're not alone either, so we just want to remind you of that. We love you. I'm Cami. I'm Amanda. We're Basically Basic. And we know you are too. Be blessed. And be basic. 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 basic.